dropping the hammer. No, you're not. Pop quiz. Who won last month's Xfinity Series race at Atlanta Motor Speedway? If you answered Noah Graxon, you would be wrong. The correct answer is Justin Allgaier. That would be Noah Graxon's teammate at Junior Motorsports. But given the, uh, the events that happened on pit road following the race, you might have forgotten that it was Justin Allgaier who won and not Graxon. With his win last month, Allgaier made a little bit of history. He became the first full-time Xfinity Series driver who wasn't also competing full-time in Cup at the same time to win at least one race in five consecutive seasons. That hasn't been done since Jason Keller from 1999 to 2003. So a couple weeks ago, I talked to Al Geyer as he headed into the first of two weekends off for the Xfinity Series. During our conversation, we talked about how his season has been up to this point prior to his win in Atlanta. Uh, how he uses the Twitch gaming service to vent after bad days at the track. And we also talked about some some of his favorite dirt racing memories, which include uh, winning three Dairy Queen for roughly 4,000 race fans when he was a teenager. Uh, this is a really fun interview. He provides a lot of real insight into what it's been like to be a Xfinity Series driver at the height of the bushwhacking whacking days of the mid-2000s and 2010s, and also now, when there's hardly any full-time cup drivers in the series. Uh, so here is my interview with Justin Allgaier. One, one reason I want to talk to you this week is, you know, other than, you know, winning a race Saturday, which is, which is great, um, it, it felt like, uh, you know, certain things happened on pit road that shifted the spotlight away from you. So I wanted to like help the revert the spotlight back onto you as much <laughs> as I could. Um, especially given like, I didn't realize this till this morning. Um, you're, you're only racing once in the next month at, at Talladega. So I, I was taking, kind of taken off guard by that. It's like, okay. Well, I guess we go twice, right? We go Martinsville and Talladega both. Uh, yeah, you go Martinsville, and then you get another week off, and then you go to Talladega. So, That's crazy. So, so what, what, what are you doing with your two weeks that you're not racing? Yeah, honestly, for us, you know, um, with my wife being pregnant and us being on baby watch, yeah, this is really kind of the time for us to get everything ready. You know, the off season was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that we were as ready or as ambitious to get stuff done then as we probably are now considering that the, the day is obviously getting a lot closer for her to be uh, to be due so you know there's a lot of work to be done right here you know we still don't have a child's room ready to go for for the baby that's coming so mm. you know that's going to be a big part of it but i think too you know for us you know covid has changed a lot and, and i would say that you know, in years past, you get an off weekend or you get two off weekends in a row, you know, we'd spend a lot of time traveling or trying to yeah. go back and see family or do whatever. So this year's going to be a lot different. I'm not really exactly sure that there's a whole lot of plans, to be honest with you, more mm -hmm. so than just, you know, hang out, do what we can to, to, to stay healthy and, and just kind of keep uh, keep status quo, really. So, you know, it's, it's good in a way because it allows us to be here and getting stuff done at the house. But it also kind of stinks because, you know, it'd be nice to uh, to be able to go do some exploring and get back to what life was like before COVID. Oh, no, I'm totally with you there because, like, I was, what, 
when, when I realized, oh yeah, they're not racing for two weeks. One one of my questions was, was going to be like, after you had like a two and a half month break last year because of COVID, what does two weeks off for racing feel like when when you oh. against each other? Well, since we're not part of the uh, the um, uh, eNASCAR, trying to think what they called it last yeah. night, the, the yeah, series do. that they're running, right? Since we're not part of that, it's a little less hectic, to be honest with you, because last year during these times, we were, you know, we were worried about trying to figure out, you know, getting everything done and, and uh, you know, getting races in and practicing. You know, it, there's a lot of time, a lot of time that uh, that goes into getting on racing and making laps and you saw it last night you know a lot of the guys that, that yeah. ran up front and, and were competitive put in time and effort into uh, into making that work so you know i think that that's that's probably part of it it's a little less hectic than what it was before but you know anytime you're not traveling to the racetrack i think it makes us realize the importance of traveling to the racetrack you know it, it gives you i don't know i, I think last year it, it made us all realize you know how much we do enjoy going to the racetrack, how much we enjoy the fans being there, the interaction that we have, you know, it really put a stamp on kind of why we all chose to do what we do. And so I think that from that standpoint, you know, even now having two weeks off, it's weird because you, you don't want to go back to where we were at last year, right? We don't want to go yeah. back into, into lockdown. And so I think it, it puts a lot of perspective on it. And I think it's a good perspective, truth be told. So it's, it's been a, it's been a positive. Okay. All right. So Xfinity series, how big a deal is it for you, the 17, to get – this is the earliest you've gotten a win since 2017. So how, how big a deal is that to get this win right before you go into a two-week break, right after you had a really rough first five weeks of the year? How, can you – how big a deal is that win? So the two-week break aside, um, the five weeks of just utter misery, and this, this was huge for that, right? Um, you know, this is going to sound terrible, and, and, I, and it's not meant to, but – I didn't even realize that Atlanta was a qualifier for the dash for cash. I didn't either. Because, yeah, well, part of ours was just because we had had so much trouble over those first five weeks. Yeah. We literally put our nose down and we said, okay, we're just going to, we're going to grind this out. We're going to focus on the task at hand and we're going to go out there and we're going to lay it all on the table and, and do the best job we can as a race team. And that wasn't just this past week. That's, that's been the last handful of weeks, you know, the way the season started off. And obviously it all came to fruition in Atlanta. Things worked out well, you know, and, it, it, and we did what we needed to do. But it was more than that. It was, it was about the fact that we, we just felt like we needed to go into Atlanta and just have a solid day, right? Mm -hmm. Don't make any mistakes. Don't, don't you know, screw it up by, by trying something out of the box. Um, you know, our setup-wise, I mean, we, we, we altered a setup that we ran there last year, but we felt like, you know, we learned a lot from last year there, and we altered some things that we ran there last year and felt like, you know, we were going to be pretty decent. But when it was all said and done, you know, the biggest thing, honestly, the biggest thing for me the last 50 laps of the race was just don't make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Don't do something stupid. You know, don't don't put myself in a bad position. You know, obviously with, with Noah's um, race at, at Homestead, you know, I was extremely nervous about just – all the little things that could happen. Right. Um, and, and I think that as a driver, you never, you, that never changes. I don't care if you win one race or a thousand, you get down to the end of these and we all realize as drivers, how hard they are to win and, and how important they are for us. And, and so you get out of the end of them and every driver will tell you that, man, you start, you You're start second guessing yourself, you start changing how you drive. You, you always think you got to be faster and, and that's not always the case. And, and so for us, it was just don't make mistakes. Don't do something stupid. And, and it worked out. So you basically now won pretty much on every style of track in Xfinity, except for super speedways. Um, 
how much is it like itch at you that you haven't been able to check off that super speedway box so far honestly i've checked off a lot more boxes in my nascar career than i ever thought that i would so you know i'd love to have a super super shooter win i still feel like i got one in daytona 2016 yeah. or 17 whatever it was yeah. um I, I still feel like i got one robbed away from me there but you know for me it's 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 been more than just checking off boxes i would say you know we're, we're so lucky in the sport that we that we run in that we have so many different styles of racetracks i mean I, the diverse nature of the, the tracks we go to is it's pretty special and you know uh, winning is extremely difficult i i'll be the first to tell you i i when i hit win number five or six um i really believe that that was the end of it right like that was that was gonna be it. That was that if I could if I could win that many, I was perfectly happy and and uh, life was good and and I you know I I never won another race. I'd be perfectly satisfied with it. And you know obviously we've been able to go on and win a lot more than that. And and I'm very proud of those wins. Each and every one of them have a different story and they've all had a different way of getting to 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 the checker flag. And and I love every one of them. And I can remember every one of those wins differently or separately, um, you know, because of those memories and. But I think on the other hand of that, it makes you realize um, how, how blessed we are in the sport, you know, just to do what we love to do. And, and so for me, if I win a race at a Super Speedway, I'll be, be super pumped. But on the other hand, uh, I'll take another win. <laughs> I don't care what kind of racetrack it is. I'll just take another win because I know that they're few and far between and they're hard to get. So that your next chance to get a win is Martinsville. You finished second there last year in the first Xfinity race there, you know, in over a decade or whatever. How key was your cup experience there in getting that second place finish? Honestly, um, I think the cup experience probably hurt me there because the Xfinity oh, really? car and the, the Cup Series car drove so much different than I was more than I was expecting them to, to be honest with you. So um, I, I don't know what to expect when we go back because I think a lot of teams learned a lot. You mm -hmm. know, we didn't have practice, so I mean, obviously, you know, we kind of we kind of flew blind, and I think a lot of teams learned, um, you know, a decent amount. I'll be interested to see, you know, I looked at the dash for cash, right? So, so there's four of us in the dash for cash, all four of which I believe at some point during the course of the day led a decent amount of laps uh, at, at Martinsville. Okay. Uh, I think we finished what one, two, three, and I don't know where AJ ended up finishing, but I think Harrison won. We were second. Noah was third. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Cause I feel like, uh, I feel like, you know, we, you, you put four super aggressive drivers, in you know in a blender and said okay we're gonna go to martinsville you guys go mix it up uh that's that's gonna that's gonna be interesting but uh, you know i i love the series right now i love the the competitors that we're up against we got a great group of of drivers that are you know battling it out week in and week out i got a great group of teammates as well and, and really uh really love the teammates that i have right now so i think it's going to be interesting to see how it all how it all you know flows through but i think it's gonna be a lot of fun how would as, as someone who's gotten to like really experience like two different eras in the Xfinity series from you were there around the 2010s and you came back the, the driver landscape of the Xfinity series in 2021 how would you compare it to what you experienced in 2009 2010 when you first got got here well it's a lot different in the fact that you know I, I ran my first uh, Xfinity series race in 2008 at Charlotte and I think 26 or 27 of the 55 guys that attempted the race were full-time cup guys yeah right and and we're gonna race the next day not not retired not part-time cup guys they were literally full-time cup guys and you had jimmy johnson jeff 
Jeff Burton, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and you had this list of drivers that ran on on Saturdays. So the landscape was completely different back then than it is now. Some of which I like about, right? I I love the fact that you know I feel like there's a lot of uh, up and coming drivers that are getting opportunities in cars that you know, used to be filled by by Cup Series regulars that were on the full time. I look at 2010, I guess, and I finished third in points to to Carl and and uh, Brad Keselowski. Carl Edwards, Brad Keselowski. I look at it now and say, well, in today's scenario, I would have won the points, so that would have been great. But in those moments, I didn't. Right, I finished third, so still great, but really different. Um, I think our younger drivers have more weight on their shoulders now than they did back then. You know, it used to be when you came in the Xfinity series because you were racing against Cup guys full time. The opportunity for top fives and top tens wasn't as prevalent, right? It, it, when you were just starting out, you weren't expected to go out there and dominate races and win races. You were expected to go out there and earn respect from the competitors that were around you and 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 kind of find your way, right? And and now I think the the pressure or the stress of you have to go win. You need to go win in your first race. You need to go win your first five races. You need to run up front every week. I think that stress and that pressure has changed the driving style of a lot of these younger drivers. So it's it's completely different today than it was back then. And in some ways, it's good. As I said, it gives more people opportunity. But in, in some ways, you know, I think that uh, it creates a false sense of panic or or normalcy to what some of these younger drivers have to deal with. And and uh, it's it's kind of disappointing for our younger drivers they didn't get to experience kind of the way that that I grew up racing. When you made the jump from ARCA full-time to Xfinity full-time, who were like your mentors or whatever, who maybe you helped you out telling you, okay, th this is what you need to do, survive in this garage for a year. Who who were the people guiding you through integrating yourself into the series? <laughs> Honestly, my deal was really weird. Uh, so when I started at Penske Racing, you know, I signed on as a, as a test driver. And, and that was my only job. I was going to go and be the guy that ran laps at, uh, you know, Rockingham, the little track they had out back or, you know, Memphis or wherever that we went and tested that, you know, they could go make laps at him. My deal kind of came to being full time because of a sponsor got bought by another company and ultimately they needed a driver for a car. And I got kind of put in that role. Um, you know, I was lucky at the time, um, you know, Kurt Busch and, and Sam Hornis were, were teammates of mine back then. And, um, you know, those two helped me out a, a good bit and, and really tried to kind of you know, give me advice per the racetracks and what I needed to do at the track and whatnot. But once it came to off track, that was where I really struggled. You know, I was lucky enough that, that my dad had been around the sport for a number of years. So, you know, our family is the Hoosier Tire Distributor for the Midwest. And for the longest time, my parents were the the ARCA racing series, they, they handle the tires for all the ARCA series events. So, you know, my dad would travel to all these events and he would work, you know, the work the tracks and mountain, you know, we had a crew that mounted tires and, and, you know, he dealt with a lot of the teams and drivers. And for a while, he actually even ran the, uh, the rookie meetings. My dad would, would talk to the rookie drivers and kind of go through the, the, that kind of stuff. And, and so, you know, I was lucky in that regard because I had good mentorship from my dad and, and he understood the sport really well. But I would say for me, that's probably where I feel like I, I lacked the most was, you know, back then we didn't have simulators. We didn't have, um, you know, the training, I would say, that we have now um, that that 
have really excelled a lot of these young drivers. I, mean, I know, you know, Chevrolet has the, the driver's edge program and, and it's so cool to be able to see what these, what these younger drivers are learning now, because I just, I know what we didn't have back then and, and the, the big holes that, that it kind of created. And, um, you know, I think there's still days to this day that I, I feel like there's things that I still lack or missed out on, uh, because I didn't have that training back then. But, um, you know, I, I, I felt like for me, you know, once, once I made it a year or two in the sport and I was lucky enough to, to find a partner in, in Brant professional agriculture that came on in 2011, you know, they came on to, to the program and, and started at, uh, at Turner Scott Motorsports with me. That's when I really felt like things kind of clicked and settled down and, and I had a pathway to where I was, where I was headed. And, and, uh, it made, it made life a lot easier. There's still a lot of challenges to be had and, and a lot of learning to be done, but it just made life a lot easier um, just in that regard. So I think, uh, I think that was when things really clicked for me, but I'm not sure that I ever really did a good job of, of asking other people for help. I, I wish in hindsight I'd have gone back and helped other people a lot more for help. I got two questions for you. Two more questions for you. One's from a fan because I asked on Twitter and you, you retweeted it um, from Lisa. What's your best memory of dirt racing? Best memory of dirt racing for me. Um, so I was, I don't know. 14, 15 ish. Um, we were at I 55 Raceway in Pila, Missouri, and they had a, a special event. So they, um, I had never won a race at Pila in, in my Dirty model. And they had this promotion one night where Dairy Queen was going to give away a free Sunday to anybody in, in, in attendance. Uh, they drew one name from all the classes. So there was probably three or four classes racing that night. They drew one name out of a hat. And if that person won the feature on that night then they would everybody in the house it was like four thousand people or whatever would get free dairy queen right oh, wow. so they they pulled a name out of the hat it just so happened to be my name uh went on and won the race and it was probably one of the most dominating races that i've ever had in my entire life and uh it was just one of those surreal moments right i, I mean i was just a young kid and doing what i love to do but competing at a at a way higher level than I probably should have been at that point, truth be told, and, uh, and, and ended up winning the race. But probably the funniest part is we went back the following week and we actually stopped at the Dairy Queen uh, to get a Sunday before the race because we're like, ah, well, they were cool enough to support the, the racing program, so we better stop. And so my parents are both very, very proud of what we do and uh, the fact that I'm a race car driver. And so they might've mentioned the fact that I won the race and that's how all the free Sundays got handed out. And I'm pretty confident that the lady that was working the counter was going to come over and strangle my dad uh, <laughs> because they had, they had had to deal with all those people uh, throughout the course of the week and getting their free Sundays. So that's probably my coolest dirt moment. I know that's a, a little bit odd, but that uh, it's definitely one of the coolest ones. What, what track I have plenty, I have plenty of good memories though and, and crazy memories from, from dirt racing. That's for sure. What, what track was that at? I was at Peveland, Missouri, I-55 Raceway. Okay, okay cool. Okay, my, my last question. I, I, I wanted to ask you about this at some point last year, but I, I never got the chance. So a, after the spring Bristol race, and you have the whole thing with Noah and how that, that race ended, um, I, I wake up the next morning, and I, I, I ch check social media. I specifically went to your, your profile to see if you'd said anything, and I found the link to your Twitch channel. And so I kind of, like, skimmed through this video of you at, like, three o'clock in the morning at home playing call of duty on your Twitch channel and just talking with people after 
a very frustrating night at the track for you. And I was just really um, kind of like taken aback by it. It's like, here's a driver, three o'clock in the morning, just venting, decompressing in public on a public flat platform. And that's not really something you really get to see. And I'm, I'm just curious, um, how often are you doing that? Are you getting on Twitch after a race and just decompressing live on the <laughs> people why, why, why do you do that um so i haven't done it as much lately uh, truth be told i need to get back to it because it, it, it was actually a great outlet for me um your pandemic was really was really odd in a lot of ways and i think everybody kind of handled the pandemic differently as far as how their outlet to just not go crazy right i mean i think it was it was super easy when you're stuck in your house and you do all those things to just kind of go go absolutely haywire so i was lucky enough to jump on twitch and and be a part of kind of that movement and there's a lot of racers that have that have jumped on twitch and and gamed or or been on iRacing or whatever it is and, and built great followings you know i think that's the crazy part is in the man of the amount of fans that we have in the sport of auto racing they jump on there and and, and you know watch twitch and so, you know, I, I was lucky enough to get on there and, and be a part of that and, and to grow a great community of, of people that would stay up until three o'clock in the morning and watch me uh, play Call of Duty and, and, uh, and, and you know, interact. Um, but for me, you know, I, I feel like that this sport has a way of eating you up from the inside out, right? When you have bad days or when things go differently than you expect them to, or when you get into contact with a teammate and you end up wrecking and they win the race um obviously that those are moments that aren't aren't ideal right but i think that you know from that standpoint what was interesting to me about it was is that it it really created a cool platform because again i don't know that there's many people that are going to get out there and, and talk about just the bad right i mean i think a lot of people get on and they talk about the good and they have interactions with fans when everything's good and life's great and and um you know, I think that sometimes when you have the bad, it's it's more impactful. People see that that you know, even though we're race car drivers and we're on TV on a weekly basis, and you know, it's a very um, kind of over the top job, right? But I think you still you still need to see that there's a lot of there's a lot of emotion that goes into it, and a lot of a lot of hurt, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. And so for me, that was that was the goal behind it was to get on there. Um, not to badmouth anybody because I, I don't I don't feel like it was it was it wasn't a bash session by any means. It was just get on there and, and just have true genuine conversation and, and give our fans insight into what what happens. And I know uh, a couple of the other drivers that that have gone and done that and been on there and, and had true open real conversation. Um, but for me, that was what it was all about was just get on there and, and having a conversation and, and giving the fans insight into what was going through my mind, uh, because I felt like if I didn't get it out. My head was going to explode anyways so it was good to uh to be able to do that and 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 do it in a manner that i felt like was not hurtful or or bashing anyone or any particular thing it was just getting emotions out there and and uh, it was cool to have the community around me and and be able to uh, be able to do that what, what was your decompression thing before twitch what, what would what would you do after a bad day at the race that's the hard part is i've never really had that and um you know my wife and i kind of have this this packed, I guess, if you will, that, you know, when you get on the airplane and you, and you fly home and when you get in the car and you drive home, that's kind of the end of it. Right. And, and it's easy to say, um, but as, as someone that puts heart and soul into what we do, it's hard to do. Right. Like it, I think if you ask any driver, they'll tell you the the hardest part of auto racing, isn't the, the stress of the job. It's not the, 
you know, going on the racetrack and, and, you know, putting on a lot down the line. It's not dealing with sponsors or dealing with, you know, hanging out with fans. It's truly compartmentalizing everything and, and not allowing the bad to affect the, the, the good days. Right. So when you have a bad day, nine times out of 10, you let that carry over and seep over you, it causes, um, frustration. It causes, you know, uh, animosity amongst drivers you know like i think a lot of times you know we we let that spill over and boil and then we're we you know we have animosity towards another driver when in all reality it really wasn't that big of a deal on either either person's part right so i think that there's there's just a lot of that that goes on and i think for me you know having that outlet now has been has been really good again like i said i haven't been on nearly as much we've we've been so busy with baby watch and getting all that going on that it's it's really taken taken it away from from doing that but hopefully at some point you know when things get back to somewhat normal um i can jump back on more often and 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 hang out with our twitch stream and 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 have fun with it because i think that's really what it's all about i've always been a tech guy i'd love to be able to do i see a lot of these guys that have you know videographers and things that do vlogs and and you know do really cool video content um i've never been lucky enough to be able to do that and and so um, i'd love to i've always been in the tech side of things and i love you know, jumping on YouTube or jumping on Twitch and checking it all out. So that was just my little piece of outlet uh, that I used that uh, that worked out pretty well. All right. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel for more content like this. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find Daniel on Twitter at, at Daniel McFadden and look out for more articles from him on frontstretch.com.